0: Somebody ought to lift your voice right now and declare that God's in control. Come on, I dare you to shout it to the waves. I dare you to shout it to the wind. I dare you to declare it over every situation. Somebody lift your voice and shout God is in control. If you believe it, put your hands together and give God a great big praise tonight. High-five about eight people on the way to your seat and tell them God's in control tonight. Ah, God's in control. My, 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 my. The government's not in control. God's in control. Ah. Dare I say it, the CDC is not in control. God is in control. I'm sorry, Dr. Fauci, you're not in control, but God is in control. I just need at least 200 witnesses in the building uh, that know that God is in control. I'm sorry, the economy is not in control. Uh, God is in control. My God, I wish I had somebody with faith in your spirit today. Uh, Hey! I said God is in control. He's in control of everything. And one word, he commands the winds and the waves. In one word, he created the heavens and the stars. In one breath, he put life in my body. God is in control. Because we know that God's in control, uh, we have no reason to fear. That's why we can praise him in the middle of a dilemma. That's why we can shout in the middle of a struggle. uh, Because God is in control. Uh, Somebody ought to just shout right now. uh, Because you know God's in control. Hey, yeah. when God's in control nothing can stop us when God's in control nothing can take you out of his hand when God's in control I wish somebody would one more time clap your hands if you know that God's in control tonight oh yeah 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 yeah. we'll try it one more time high five somebody on the way to your seat the second time tell them God's in control he's in control He's in control. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on a Sunday night? Oh, I thought I'd have just a few more amens. that is there anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. You can be seated for just a brief moment. Uh, What an absolutely incredible time we had in the Lord this morning. Anybody grateful for what God did in this place today? Amen. Brother Stewart was used mightily by the Holy Ghost to preach a powerful word under the anointing of God. And uh, so grateful for what the Lord did uh, with signs following the word of the Lord this morning. These altars were absolutely full of people praying and seeking after God. And uh, I just want to make a, a quick remark tonight and say thank you to all of those who are, who are, who are catching The reality of of who we are as a church and understanding that when we have guests and visitors and people that are seeking after God in this house, the service isn't about us. And everybody in this building is activated to start praying with people. Amen, somebody? So many times these altars fill up with so many people and there's just no way that three or four or five or ten people can effectively uh, pray the way that we need to pray in these altars. And so I, I've watched as many of us are starting to catch the vision and understand who you are in God. Amen. And so let's continue to grow in that area of what we're doing as this harvest, this season of harvest, continues to just explode in this house. It's all hands on deck. Amen, somebody? That's why it's important you, you've got to walk with God every day. That's why it's important you don't come in here needing resuscitated every service because God wants to use you to pray for somebody. Come on somebody. That's why you got to find a place at home and get your breakthrough and get on your knees so when you come to the house of God you can be a vessel that God flows through in this place. Amen somebody. Amen. Amen. What an incredible time we had in the Holy Ghost this morning and Uh, God did such amazing things in this place, and we're so grateful for that today. I want to say what a privilege it is to have all of our guests that are here with us tonight in the house of the Lord. One more time, Rock Church, would you help me make some loud noise tonight? Come on, welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us. Welcome to Sunday Night Live at the Rock Church. Amen. We're so delighted to have you in the house of the Lord tonight. All those who are streaming online, so glad that you joined us tonight. And uh, how many of you thank God for our incredible music ministry? Uh, y'all enjoy having an anointed choir that leads us the presence of the Lord every service. And uh, I give great honor to our music director, the incomparable First Lady. Amen. And, and her entire team of, of musical leadership, and uh, they, they, they live a life of sacrifice every week uh, with their time and their talent, uh, times and practices and rehearsal and all of those things, and we're so grateful for that. Man, I looked up today and saw Brother Walden in the choir this week. Woo! Did I just say something, Brother Walden? I'm so excited. This is an awesome, awesome man, and uh, with great talent and God's favor upon his life. Amen. And uh, he—I hope this is okay, Brother Walden. He's—he's way—he looks so young for his actual age. But Brother Walden, just so I don't get it wrong, you're, you're how old now? He's 71. Can you all believe that? Can you believe that? He doesn't look a day over 50. I mean, he's up here dancing and running around and juking and jiving and amen in the preacher. And uh, he's up in the choir. I saw him tonight, man. He was... Woo! So if he's 71 years old doing that, I wonder what's going on with some of uh, the rest of us in the building that want to sit like statues in the uh-oh uh-oh come on somebody you better use those legs that god gave you You better use those hands and those feet before there was ever an organ or drums or a choir or a PA system. The Bible said, let everything that hath breath uh, praise ye the Lord. Uh, The Bible said to praise him in the timbrel uh, and in the dance. Come on, somebody. Uh, Hey, uh, if Brother Walden is giving God the praise at 71, uh, some of us ought to be giving God the praise with... there is no retirement age on giving God the praise come on somebody We, we never hit an age or a stage tell your neighbor age or a stage where we're too grown up to be exuberant in our praise I'm too mature in my walk with God I did that when I was if you're too old to give God the praise baby you might as well just go by your casket and get buried you're too old uh, because as long as you got breath in your body you got a mandate from God to give him the and the longer you live for him uh, the greater your praise ought to be uh, you ought to run the aisles more now than you did as a new convert. You ought to dance more now than you did uh, when you first got the Holy Ghost. Uh, you ought to shout more now uh, than you did when you were a teenager. Come on, somebody. Uh, let everything uh, that have breath uh, praise uh, ye uh, the Lord. You might as well not play with it. Uh, if you're going to praise him, uh, then give him the praise tonight. Uh, hey! Did you came to the house of God. One, two, one, two, three, go! Hey! When I think about Jesus, what it done for me. When I think about Jesus, how his face set me free. Can dance, 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 dance. Can dance, 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 dance. Can dance, dance. Uh, hey, all night. Said when I think about Jesus, what it done for you. Uh, when I think about Jesus, how his name brought you through. Can run, uh, run, uh, run, run, run. Run, run, you run, hey, all night. When I think about Jesus, what he's done for me. When I think about Jesus, how he's set me free. Just shout, 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 shout. Shout it, shout it. Hey, all night. If you got it, let me see you wave your hand. If you got it, let me see you leap for. If ja, you got it, let me see you wave your hand. If you got it, let me see a shout for joy. So I got it. 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 Shout! I got I got it. God, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. it. Give it praise. For what he's done God a dance What he's done God a praise What he's done To God To God Whoa Everybody lift up your hands and give him a shout of praise in this place. Come on, lift your hand and give him a shout of praise in this house. Whoa! Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands and give him praise. Lift your hands and give him praise. Whoa. Whoa. His presence is here right now. Come on. Whoa! Oh, 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 anybody feel that way tonight? Slip your hand up in there. Come on, tell them, oh. Oh. oh, oh. Hey, shy. Oh, oh, oh. Come on, lift your voice in this place. Come on, lift your voice. You. Anybody feel that way? Slip your hands in the air. Tell them tonight. Come on. Oh, to worship you, I live, to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. Come on, lift your voice in this place. Help me sing it like this. Your voice and give God a great praise all over this house tonight. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Hey, anybody to receive, ready to receive the word of the Lord in this place tonight? Just remain where you're at for the next few moments in this posture of worship. Amen. As 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 I was praying yesterday evening about today's service, as I felt in my spirit to to reach out to our local ministry here, and of course this morning. Stewart did such an incredible job delivering the word of the Lord, but then I felt directed to have our children's pastor, Pastor Hammond, come and deliver the word of the Lord to us tonight. How many of you thank God for the leadership of this great man of God tonight in this house? Pastor Hammond, I love you. I'm so proud of you. I have confidence in you tonight, and we're ready for whatever God has given you for this house. Would you put your hands together one more time as he comes to deliver the word of God? hallelujah come on someone lift your hands
1: to him right now to the king of kings thank you jesus lord where will we be without you god come on someone let's pray right now our redeemer our lord and savior he saved us he cleansed us thank you jesus oh hallelujah hallelujah you know what bishop just did he set up judah first The word of God talks about sending up Judah, sending up praise so that God can get his work done. Amen. I said praise sometimes that helps the stubborn soul to repent. I said praise sometimes that makes those that are weary, those that are sad, those that are depressed to be lifted up and look up to their God. And maybe God could do a work in their hearts. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all clap our hands and we make our way back to our seats. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah! I'm so thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Brother Stewart, I did not get to hear your word this morning. But tell the, tell the uh, media person that's in charge of putting the sermons online to speed it up, all right. I'll listen to it tomorrow, first thing, amen. That's my sister, by the way. Everybody say amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm thankful to be in a world class revival church. Amen. This morning, Brother Stewart, one of our Sunday school kids received the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. God is always doing a work. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for my wife and our two children. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Amen, yes. I'm so thankful for them. They are great, Theodore, Eleanor, and amen. Jillian, I love you, You're, you're great, you know, you're an amazing mother, a wife. And I'm just so thankful to have you in my life, amen. Anybody thankful to have their significant other? I'm so thankful for her, amen. Thank you, Jesus. So thankful for Bishop and First Lady. Bishop, I know he had called me last night. Yes, let's let's go ahead, yes. Clap your hands to them. I know you called me last night. I've been dealing with uh, sick children, really just my daughter. And uh, man, I was wiped out and... My wife woke me up like 3, 4 in the morning She's like, hey, you got a missed call from Bishop. I'm like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> a text message if I can preach, and yes, you know, I know I'm using this word um, out of context, but to be instant in season and out of season, amen. Amen, somebody. But that's actually how I do feel tonight in context. It's a word that, um, man, my... My hands are cold right now and my feet are cold and I'm just like, Jesus, I just want to kind of get out the way. So let's all stand right now for the reading of the word. Amen. But Bishop, I'm thankful for your ministry. I'm thankful that you trust us that you you put leadership amongst us leaders. Like you you really give us so much that we need. And, and doesn't just help us here living for God, but also in our everyday life, amen. It helps us in our jobs, it helps us in leading our family at being a husband, a leader of the household, amen. It helps you to be a Christian, amen somebody. I'm telling someone right now, Our bishop has some wisdom, and if you could just glean the things that he says, amen. You may not understand right away, but if you were just to do the things that he teaches and the things that he preaches, I'm telling you, there's going to be a blessing to come forth in your life, amen. Hallelujah, someone. So we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 20 and verse 1. And then we have Revelation 20 and 12 for our media team, and then 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. But 2 Kings 20 and 1 says, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, thus saith the Lord, set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. This is antithetical to Pastor's for favorite song, where it says you shall live and not die. Live, 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 live. This is complete opposite. It says that he shall die. And not live amen revelation 2012 says and i saw the dead small and great stand before god and the books were open somebody shout books somebody say bible and the bible was open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works and the last point of scripture is second chronicles 7 and 14 it reads if My people, somebody say if, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And with the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to quickly preach to us the day before judgment. Let's all put our Bibles down. Let's let's talk to the Lord right now. Somebody give us ears to hear, God. Give us eyes to see, God. Let us be hearers and doers of this word, God. Lord, your word is important to us, Jesus. Lord, we we need every bit of your word, God. Lord, we're not picking and choosing tonight, Jesus but Lord let your perfect will be done God Lord we thank you Father for all that you do for us Jesus we thank you Lord that you're bringing us closer to you God Lord that we might be right before your eyes God Jesus for when you come back you're looking for a church a bride that is spotless God a bride that's full of faith God a bride that is full of the Holy Ghost Jesus, let that be us tonight, God. Oh, minister to us, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Somebody clap your hands in the fear of the Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. In our opening text, God, through the man of God, informed King Hezekiah. um, Musicians, please stay close. I promise you I am not going to be here long. You do not have to stay up on the platform, but please... Please stay close. But God, through the prophet, informed King Hezekiah that he was going to die. And he needs to get his house in order. Some would say it would must be nice to know that they're going to die soon. Maybe they can live the way that they want to live and bless God. God will send a messenger. And then maybe they can get their house right and in order. Amen. But God has informed us through his word that we have but a short time to live and need to get our lives in order. Can I get an amen, somebody? James 4 and 14 says, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? Look at your neighbor and say, what is my life? But even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanishes away. The book of wisdom, Proverbs 27 and 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We do not know what will happen tomorrow, church. Come on, somebody. I said, we don't know what's going to happen in 20 minutes from now. Let alone tomorrow. Tomorrow. I don't mean to be morbid or to cause terror tonight, but tomorrow could be the last day that you're alive. I said tomorrow could be the last time you get to breathe again and talk to your significant other. I said tomorrow may be the last time you see your children or your grandchildren, because tomorrow is not promised. Whew, hallelujah. Tomorrow may be the time where something catastrophic happens in your life and it may be the last time you see your loved ones again. Maybe Jesus will come back tomorrow, Brother Pack. Can I get an amen, somebody? I said, maybe Jesus will come back tomorrow. Maybe he will come back tonight. Will we be ready when Jesus comes? I said, will we be ready when Jesus comes? God trying to give us an understanding. In the second epistle of Peter, chapter 3 and verse 8 says, "But, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. You see, I looked in the book of Genesis, and there has not been one person that lived a day in the Bible. If one day is a thousand years, the oldest man, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, is 970 years old. Methuselah did not make one day. I'm telling somebody, this is the day that the Lord has made. This is the time of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Amen. According to Romans 2 and 4, in this short time that we have, the mercy of God or the goodness of God is what leads us to repentance, amen. I said repentance, not like Esau who didn't truly repent. You see, Esau sold his birthright. Esau didn't really care about the things of God. He was supposed to bring forth the Messiah. But all he cared about was the temporal, something that pleased his flesh. And when he lost not just his birthright, but the promises of God, the blessings from his father, then he thought that he should seek after repentance come on somebody he repented after judgment came after the results of sin was finished then he wanted to repent he sold his birthright lost his blessing and when he saw his father didn't have a single blessing for him he sought repentance with tears but the bible says he couldn't find it this repenting is something similar to maybe you're talking trash behind someone's back and then they found out then you wanted to repent that's not real repentance you might be sorrowful you might be upset that they found out but you have not truly repented This type of repentance is is what people are going to be doing in hell. They're going to be repenting, but once you're in hell, you can't go back to heaven. You can't make your way back. It's today that we need to repent. It's now that we need to repent. Can I get an amen from some Holy Ghost believers in this house? The Bible says that there's a gulf fixed between hell and heaven. These two places so that they that would go there to reach them cannot do it. And those that would want to leave that place cannot, re- cannot leave that place. I'm telling somebody, eternity starts now. Repentance needs to happen now. God is calling us to repent before our brother receives our blessings, amen? Or given to our brother. Before judgment is cast upon us and we are sent to the lake of fire. God is asking for us to repent now. When we are judged, we are going to be judged by the things that are written in the books. Come on, somebody. We're not going to be judged based off of what we think, based off of what we feel, based off of you know what? I see myself as a good person. Based off of you know what? I came to church every service. I paid my tithes. Let's get it quiet in this house tonight. It's not based off of what we believe or what we feel or what we feel God will look at. He is going to look at your life. Then he's going to look at the books. Then he's going to judge those things that's in your life based off of what is written in those books. So it's time for us to repent. If you're called by the name of Jesus, it means that your sins have been remitted at one point. But if you don't repent, I wonder, Brother Donnelly, if these sins are remitted. If we do not repent every day, I wonder if we can truly say that we are gonna make it to heaven. I wonder if we go a single day without repenting, saying, God, forgive me for the things that I know not that I did. Forgive me for my attitude today. Forgive me for the bad thoughts that came into my mind, that I." entertain Lord forgive me I wonder if we can make it I don't want to take that chance church I don't want to take that chance and say maybe I did make it I mean a few Sunday school kids got the Holy Ghost a few Sunday school kids got baptized Lord I worked for your kingdom and I don't want him look at me and say but you never repented Repentance isn't always just a little prayer that we say to God asking for forgiveness. Sometimes God asks us for a little bit more. Matthew 3 and 8 says, to bring forth fruits, meat for repentance. He is saying you need to go back and make your wrongs right. I'm going to say that again. He wants you to go back and make your wrongs right. If you're truly repenting. If you stole. Return what you stole and steal no more. If you've lied, confess you've lied and never lie again. Hallelujah. You know, I was talking to my Sunday school kids this morning. I used to be a real habitual liar. It was terrible. I mean, absolutely terrible. I remember one time though, I really didn't lie this time. I just forgot. You see, I was dating this girl at one point. I was in 8th grade, dated here into ninth grade, yes, I'm telling that story. And our anniversary was April 14th, 2008. Why do I remember that? Because she was crazy. No, let me stop. We were young. And she was like, our one-week anniversary is this time And Okay. I thought I'd stop after that. Two-week anniversary in. One-month anniversary in. One-and-a-half-month anniversary in two-month anniversary, man, when is this going to stop? So every time the 14th came up, I made sure I remembered, Bishop, that day, amen. So fast forward, I'm in ninth grade, freshman year, they moved me up to geometry. And I'm at Mr. Morris's class. And Mr. Morris is going through, talking about birthdays, starting at January 1st. Everybody following me right now? He goes, January 1st, anybody has that birthday? No, okay, January 2nd, January 3rd, January 4th. You see, my birthday is July 19th. So we got to uh, July 17th, 19th Holy Ghost. I claim 19th, it's Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost birthday, I was baptized July 19th. My God, I'm about to lie again. July 17th is my birthday, amen. <laughs> bless God, bless God. He gets to July 11th. July 12th, July 13th, July 14th, and oh, that's my birthday, right? My homeboy raises his hand too, his birthday is also July 14th. He's like, oh, bro, we're twins. And at this point, Bishop, I didn't even realize that this is not my birthday. July 15th, July 16th, July 17th, oh my word. July 17th is my birthday. What am I gonna do now? The whole class knows that me and my friend have the same birthday, we're birthday twins. All right, I'm gonna tell them after class, secretly. All right? So it comes up and there's another girl in that class, oh, that's my birthday also. We all are twins. Yeah, this is awesome. Same birthdays, yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, man, how do I even begin to explain this? So I don't. Years go by years, every year actually, I'm getting happy birthdays from a good handful of my friends on July 14th. I make a Facebook page and I have to hide my birthday because my family know when my birthday is and they're going to tell me happy birthday. But I don't want these people to understand that my birthday actually isn't July 14th. Because unfortunately I just lied all the time. Felt bad. It wasn't until I got baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Six years later after this point, that I came across to my friend, Chris. say, hey, Chris, and mind you, I got baptized July 19th. So again, for the sixth year, on the 14th, he told me happy birthday. And I still didn't do anything about it. It wasn't until I got baptized, filled the Holy Ghost, and man, I don't know, for whatever reason, God kept telling me to tell him that my birthday is July 17th and not 14th. My, oh, my, how awkward is this going to be, six years knowing this guy. And I got to tell him, we're not birthday twins. Hallelujah. So I tell him, and he looks at me, he thinks I'm lying. I'm like, bro, look at my license, July 17th. And he just looks at me like, man, can't believe that. It was cringe. It was something that I didn't want to have to go through. but. I'm telling someone, God is calling us to bring forth fruit that is meat for repentance, amen. If you've cheated on your spouse for the sake of your marriage, you need to inform your spouse of your infidelity. Can I get an amen, somebody? Don't listen to the enemy that says, if you say something, that your husband or your wife might leave you. I'm telling someone, that this is cancerous. This cancerous sin will destroy your marriage. The longer you let it fester, the longer you let it grow, the more pain and heartache will you bring upon your household. You need to cut out that tumor now and confess to your spouse. Oh, hallelujah. I'm I'm telling someone right now, it's it's not worth keeping those secrets. It's not worth keeping those secrets because at the end of the day, you're going to have to talk to your maker, amen. And I want to be right before him. But speaking of cancer, according to cancer.org, it says that cancer affects one in three people in the United States. You are made up of trillions of cells that over your lifetime normally grow and divide as needed. When cells are abnormal or get old, they usually die. Someone say usually. They usually die. Cancer starts when something goes wrong in this process and your cells keep making new cells and the old or abnormal ones don't die when they should. As the cancer cells grow out of control, they can crowd out normal cells. This makes it hard for your body to work the way that it should. If you don't die when you're supposed to, or if you don't repent when you're supposed to, you are endangering your life, you're endangering your spiritual being, you're endangering your, the body of Christ, amen. It will go from trust issues, to arguing all the time, to projecting things to your significant other, to paranoia, and to ultimately divorce if unchecked. Come on somebody. That's why Paul says that he died Daily not because he was an adulterer or a fornicator and afraid it would ruin his relationship with his spouse But if you're a Bible scholar, you understand he wasn't married But he didn't want any cancerous thing to be present in his spirit. Amen Paul the writer of the the half of the New Testament dies daily. How often should we die? We ought to be repenting throughout the day and sincerely repenting each and every day. Every time we make a mistake, we have to be quick and say, God, forgive me. Every time you might, te- you might tell someone a lie, you need to go to that person and say, forgive me. I'm not sure why I did it, but I lied to you. I deceived you. We don't want to make God, oh my God, we don't want to make God have to do something in our life. Tragic for us to realize how real and his words are. Amen? But unfortunately, the Bible tells us in John 3, 19, that men loved darkness rather than light, for their deeds are evil. It's not that men didn't like light or the things of God. It's not that people didn't like to worship and give God praise. There's a lot of people in other charismatic churches that love to give God praise, but they don't even know who their God is. Matter of fact, they don't even want that light. Just let them praise God. Let them have fun. Don't tell them about Jesus' name baptism. Don't tell them that Jesus is God. Don't tell them that they need to repent of their sins because all they want to do is jump around and worship God and be a free spirit. but not me church, not us, not the people of God, not these blood-bought apostolics. We wanna make sure we are right by our God. We wanna make sure that we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah somebody. It wasn't like people didn't like the blessings of God and love to boast when good things happen to them. They just preferred to keep some things in the dark. Careful now, if I get a little too close to that light, Maybe my neighbor might see what's going on with my spirit. Maybe those around me might see that I'm not really who I pretend to be. They just prefer, you know, to stay in the sidelines. Worship God on Sundays and worship the devil on Mondays. Let me, let me be more real, worship God Sunday mornings and worship the devil Sunday in between church and come back again on Sunday night and worship God. But there's darkness, such as adultery, which is between a married person and a person who is not their spouse. Or fornication, people who aren't married doing sexual acts. And let me talk about that for a second. I'm tired of hearing people say that they're married just because they, they they're slept with somebody. That's not the word of God. People keep saying, oh, I'm married based off of what the Bible says. But if you were truly married based off of what the Bible says, you wouldn't be acting the way that you're acting. Can I get an amen, somebody? I said if it was true that all you had to do was sleep with somebody and then you're their husband or wife, then what happened to Tamar when she was raped? How come the children of Israel were upset when their sister got defiled? How come they lost all their lives because the children of Israel were wroth with them if all it meant that they were married? I'm telling someone, I'm coming against that lie of the devil. If you're sleeping with someone and you're not married, it's fornication and you need to repent. Can I get an amen in this Holy Ghost church? Hallelujah, someone. Darkness such as uncleanness, which is morally wrong or unclean thoughts. Lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. The Bible says that stubbornness or rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is is as iniquity and idolatry. If we have some stubborn people here tonight that don't like to come to the altar, you are doing witchcraft. You are an idolater and you need to repent for such cannot make it to the kingdom of God. Darkness such as hatred, variance or debating, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness. I'm going to put drunkenness with getting High. If you're smoking weed all the time and think you can live for God, I'm telling you, you're being deceived. I don't care if the the government made it legal. I don't care if you have your marijuana card. Stop smoking that weed, put it down, and stop being drunken, so that you can make your way to the kingdom of God. Can I get an amen in this Holy Ghost Church? I said pride, lying, and discord, just to name a few. God has called us to repent. What God has in store, he can't use us if we are spreading cancer to the rest of the church. Come on, somebody. If a new convert catches that you're smoking weed and they think that they don't have to repent, you're breeding cancer into the rest of the body. If the church sees that you can hate somebody and tell them your your peace of mind and tell them how you feel, you're spreading cancer to the rest of the body. Ho, ho, ho. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's all clap our hands in the fear of the Lord. Who Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 16, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Amen, somebody. If we are going to live for God. We're going to have to be willing to live a life of repentance. Live a life not based off what I want, not based off of my needs, not based off of the things that I want to do. Not live my life as, you know what, I want this business, or you know what, I want this house, or I want this car, or I want. What if the house is not for you, sis? What if that car is not for you, bro? What if God is asking for you to hold off right now and give things to the kingdom and let him bless you, let him restore you, let him move you, let him mold you? What if those things will cause you to backslide? All of a sudden, if someone gets blessed, they get a car and now they can't show up to the house of the Lord. The devil is a liar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Repentance isn't easy, else the whole world would do it. I mean, repentance is really cringeworthy sometimes. Think about telling someone you knew for six and a half years that your birthday is actually three days later. My God. Repentance is antithetical to our flesh. Our flesh will do everything it can to survive. If you go without eating for an extended amount of time, you will find yourself contemplating eating pig slop like the prodigal son. You will find yourself dizzy and wandering around looking for roaches and grasshoppers to eat so that your body can have some energy to survive. You will find yourself just eating anything. You might hate vegetables, but guess what, a mean soup full of vegetables will be the thing if you ain't having any food, amen. If you're dying of thirst, your body will do all that it can. I said all that it can to find water. (laughs) Even the reason why many people are afraid of heights, it's not because they're just scared of heights. Think about it. Why are people afraid of heights? Well, they're afraid of heights because they are fearful that they may fall and die. So this fear keeps them away from the edge, even with safety equipment. In my favorite psalm, it says, Psalm 118 to 27, it says, God is the Lord. That's a one God verse right there. Look it up yourself, all right? You'll, you'll find it. God is the Lord, which has showed us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords, even unto the horns of the altar. This imagery is beautiful. Because the sacrifices knew, the, the sheeps and the goats and the, everything else, they knew when it came to that altar, they were going to die. So they did everything that they could to get out of the hand of their maker, um, of their master. They, they kicked, they bit, they cried, they yelled, they tried everything they can so they can survive because the altar is a place of death. How many of us understand that this is like our flesh? Our flesh will do all it can for us to not read. I said all of a sudden you're tired beyond belief when you open up your Bible. All of a sudden you can't focus and end up falling asleep after reading a few verses. The flesh is strong. Your flesh will find everything that needs to be done when it's time to pray. All right, it's my time, first lady, it's time to pray. It's pre-service prayer. Oh, my goodness, I got this to do, I got that to do. It's this person I need to talk to, that person I need to talk to. I need to go over here, make sure my sister's okay. She looked a little sad today. I need to go to my brother and make sure he's all good. He showed up a little late. Hey, man, why are you late to the house of the Lord? Hey, man, why are you waiting to the prayer room? Can I get an amen from somebody? Whew. Prayer time in your own house, well, it's now time to clean up the room. This same room I never cleaned up in three months. But now is my time to clean up my room. Once you you decided to pray, once you decided to put your flesh in, in submission, once you decided, you know what, I'm taking this thing to the altar, it's fighting back. I said it's fighting back, church. But we need to do all that we can to let God do everything he needs to in our life, amen. Hallelujah. Your flesh will make every excuse as to why you shouldn't make your wrongs right and confess your transgressions to your neighbor. They might hate you if you bring it up that you talked bad about them or sow discord amongst the church. They might think that you're strange and if you apologize for talking to them, <laughs> talking bad about Bishop or any other leaders in the church, they won't invite you to their next gathering. Oh, hallelujah, somebody. The people of God knew what they had to do, so they had horns on the altar, so that they can bind the sacrifice to the altar, so that the sacrifice could not leave, amen. <laughs> Psalm 51 and 16 says, for thou do not desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, oh God that will not despise. Hallelujah somebody. I've made a vow to myself and to God that I won't let a church service go by without me praying in these altars, amen. When it's altar call, it's time for my flesh to continue its daily, multiple time repentance every single day. I might not be there the whole time, Bishop, just consuming and not ministering, but I will make sure that sometime during that altar service, I'm there saying, God, search me. God, am I right by you? God, can you cleanse me? God, show me if I'm right. Show me what's going on, Lord. Then when I'm done, I'm gonna go pray for others because they need us, church. They, those guests and visitors that are here, they need us, church. But they also need to see us lead by example. They need to see us come to these altars when it's altar time. They need to see us lifting our hands when it's time to lift our hands. They need to see us to pray when it's time to pray. Hallelujah. When the preached word goes forth, God forbid I say within myself that this message is for this brother or that this message was for this sister that isn't here tonight in the house of the Lord. God forbid that be it. Because every word that comes forth over this pulpit, even this one that I'm preaching right now is for me, church. Can I get an amen, somebody? God has been begging humanity to repent look at isaiah 1 and 16 he says wash you make you clean put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes cease to do evil learn to do well seek judgment relieve the oppressed judge the fatherless plead for the widow come now and let us reason together saith the lord though your sins may be as scarlet they shall be as white as snow though they be red like crimson they shall be as wool He said, reason, church, reason with me. This has nothing to do for my good, but for your good. This has nothing to do about me, but for you to be right. I read this passage and it makes me feel similar to when I'm trying to get my son to eat his vegetables. Listen, son, if you just eat the food we give you, you will be strong and healthy. Amen, Theodore. Don't get embarrassed now. You won't have to worry about health health issues. You know what? You just eat the food and we will reward you, son. You can get cake, you can get ice cream, you can get toys. Just eat your vegetables. Hallelujah. But who will believe that report? Why is it that humanity sabotages itself from the blessings of God? Why is it that humanity does all it can to not be right with God? comes up with every excuse as to why they shouldn't come to the house of God or come up with every excuse as to reason that the word of God is man-made and not of God. If this thing was man-made, it would not be enmity with our flesh, but this thing is completely against what our flesh wants. Can I get an amen, somebody? God is so good that he came down tasted death that we might be saved and during his earthly ministry he tried his hardest in many parables and explanations how important it was for us to miss hell the god who was from ancient of days thought it fit to not just send down a blueprint of his divinity in the form of scrolls and books, but to come down as the word made flesh and dwell among his people. Jesus preached repentance in everything that he did. In his parables, when he healed somebody, he told them to repent. But unfortunately tonight, we see that this message of repentance is something that doesn't to be preached about anymore, or many people don't want to hear about it anymore. I hear men of God of old talking about revivals of seven nights in a row of only preaching repentance. Where has that gone, church? Jesus is so radical about repentance and is so urgent about about us not going to hell in one place, he says. And if thy right eye offend thee. Pluck it out and cast it out from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. How radical, church. I can't even imagine putting in contacts in our eyes. And he says to pluck out your eye. Now we understand he's not saying to literally pluck out your eye. But he's saying sometimes repentance, sometimes doing the things that you need to do, it has to be so radical that it feels like you're plucking out your eye. But you keep on reading and he says, and if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee. For it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. I heard of a testimony of a brother that is baptized in Jesus' name filled with the Holy Ghost. And ten years prior, ten plus years prior, he was in school and was on the bus. And he sees, you know, these kids, they're fighting each other, you know, they're upset with each other, you know. But really one of the kids was getting bullied. And he decided to get off of his bus, you know, at the wrong bus stop just to watch this kid getting in a fight maybe. And they're all chanting, fight, fight, fight. You know, or hit him, hit him. And the bully hits the kid in the face and the kid is just, he keeps walking, you know. And he felt bad. He felt bad that he was even there. He's like, man, why am I even here? And just kept walking. But would you know that after getting baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and living for God, that God presented this, this gentleman with the opportunity see this kid again he's never seen him before after high school never even seen him never talked to him didn't know who he was where he was if he was even alive didn't know if he still lived here or not but god presented an opportunity for him to repent god saw him i mean he saw him and god told him you need to tell him that you're sorry for what you did think about that church 10 plus years ago Something that he didn't even physically do, but was a part of. If God is telling this saint to repent and tell that young man, that, 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 that man now, that you're sorry for what you did. How much more things have we done in this church that God is waiting for us to repent about? I'm not saying that we need to go back and think of every little thing we've ever done and go call people up and make sure everything is done. But when God presents you the opportunity to repent, you need to take the time and do it. So this saint of God, man, he wasn't trying to do it. He's like, come on, like this is like ten plus years ago. This kid probably doesn't remember. But he couldn't leave. God was holding him. And and God loves him. Amen, somebody. Until he finally told the guy, you know, I'm sorry. Now we don't know, we don't know what this could do. We don't know what seeds were planted in that soul's life. We don't understand. But God knows what he's doing. Amen, church. I said God knows what he's doing. What is God talking to us about tonight? What are some sins that we've been hiding from our spouse or been hiding from the leadership here or been trying to even hide from yourself? Please, don't be stubborn. Don't resist the Holy Ghost tonight. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Don't make God do something crazy in your life to shake you up and get you back on the right road, somebody. I said, we don't need death knocking on our door. You fighting for your life in order for you to repent and get right with God. Oh, Jesus, you need to run to these altars and give it all to God. It's the day before judgment day. Will you get your house in order and get right with God? Or will you live another day like Ecclesiastes 8 and 11 says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men is full, fully set in them to do evil. Today is the day of repentance. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Tomorrow isn't coming. Tomorrow isn't ever coming. Eternity is now. Eternity is now, church. Come on, so I'll lift our hands right now to him. Come on. As I'm talking to you tonight, there's some people, there's some things you know you need to repent of. And God wants to use you mightily for this revival that we have. But he's telling you right now, unless you repent of that thing, he's not going to use you. He can't trust you for what he has in store. He can't trust you to handle these babies. He can't trust you to be used by him. If you don't right now, repent to him. I'm telling somebody right now, heaven is so good and hell is so hot that he will let let terrible things happen in your life that you may repent. He will let absolutely horrific things happen in your life. And you may even question, well, then how does God love me? And I will tell you. Friend, that you don't understand how great and how terrible hell is. Because nothing in this life, nothing terrible that happens in this life compares to eternity without Jesus. I said nothing in this life. I don't care what children are lost. I don't care what spouse is lost. I don't care what sickness comes my way. I don't care if I lose all my money and I'm homeless. I don't care if everybody thinks I'm something that I'm not. Nothing in this world is worth going to hell for. Come on, someone. You need to lift your hands in the fear of the Lord right now. You need to seek seek God right now, Jesus. Oh God. Oh God. Search me, Lord. Search me, God. Lord, I want to be right before you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for your mercy, God. Yes. Your mercy, which endures forever. Yes, your mercy that brings me to repentance, God. But, God, I don't want to take advantage anymore, Lord. I don't want to take for granted this time. Oh, come on, somebody. God's calling you. Don't be stubborn tonight. Tonight's the night. Tonight is not the night to be stubborn. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, I keep asking for blessings, God. I keep asking for favor, God. I keep asking for provision, God. But Lord, you've been asking me to repent. You've been asking me to confess. You've been asking me to make my wrongs right. God I put those things off I put those things off there's some things that you've told me before that I've forgotten God remind me Lord refresh my memory God help me to do things tonight to be right before you tonight Lord Jesus Oh, come on somebody, come on somebody. Our God is good. Our God is so good. The least we could do is be right before him. The least we could do is be honest to him. The least we could do. I mean, he died for you. He bled, he suffered, he suffocated. He was on the cross for you. Of blood was stripped for you. He was whipped. He was whipped. He was mocked for you. He's not asking for you to go through that. He's not asking for you to be whipped. He's not asking for you to be mocked. He's not asking for you to be spit on. He's asking for you to repent